Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Tightline Outdoors is Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great, except I'm a little jealous. I saw those lake trout you posted on your Facebook page yesterday. Karen showed those I, I to me. I'm doing it again today. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we you get know, one my, on during the show here. Yeah, my phone didn't ring, just so you know, to say, hey, would you like to come <laughs> and, you know, join in on this? And <clears throat> No, in all honesty, though, uh, don't we have tremendous fishing opportunities in Colorado for just consistent numbers of fish or for even the fish of a lifetime? Absolutely, and I think that's one of the biggest things is, is really, I think, as an angler, just learning to kind of kind of hone in on those opportunities. And whether you're looking for a numbers day or looking for that big fish, we do 100% have it. And I think uh, so much of our opportunity, you know, from the Parks and Wildlife efforts has gotten better. Um, really at multiple opportunities for that. You know, I think so many times it used to be one fishery that was like the hot fishery, you know, for those bigger fish. And now, um, you know, you look at Lake Trout, for example, we have numerous lakes cranking out giant fish. Uh, Northern Pike, we have numerous lakes cranking out giant fish you know same with rainbows um you know again i think so much of years ago whether it was we didn't have the fisheries or people just didn't know about them now um there's so much opportunity for for a fish of a lifetime right here in colorado and i think this is a, a great year to discover that you know years where so many anglers are usually seeking out trips to alaska or canada um obviously travels a little tougher this year um now's a great time to get out in your backyard discover what is right here um and i think people will be shocked to find out the opportunities that exist right in their backyard well i couldn't agree more I and mean, you know very well that and the filming of my second television show, Angling Adventures, we virtually traveled from the Arctic Circle to the equator almost every year. And I've fished in Canada and Minnesota and Alaska and the the Bahamas and out in uh, the Baja to Mexico. And yet a number of my bigger fish have come right here in Colorado. I mean, I, I can count, uh, you know, lake trout over 20 pounds, pike around 40 inches, tiger muskie over 40 inches, bass over eight pounds. I mean, there's very few states in the anywhere where you could put a, something like that together and, and that multi-species type approach too. I, I agree 100%. And again, I mean, a lot of it too is, is it's fairly easy. You know, I mean, I think a lot of times when people think about travel like that, you know, they think it's it's super remote. I mean, within two hours of Denver, everything that you just listed is, is possible. Um, I mean, again, from the pike to the lake trout to the big bass, I mean, look at walleye. You can sit at Cherry Creek Reservoir right in the heart of DTC um, and have probably the best odds of about anywhere in the country at a, at a high double-digit fish. Um, so, I mean, again, it exists. And I think, uh, you know, to the topic we're going to talk about today uh, on top of big fish is we're going to kind of talk about trout and all species of trout, talking about lake trout, rainbows, browns. Um, and with that that said, I, the, kind of the topic I wanted to start off with um, was kind of the, the opportunity of stillwater fly fishing. And we talk about this all the time, but as our rivers are getting blown out and just getting, you know, kind of pretty much toast with runoff, everybody, you know, shies away or they try to keep seeking out tailwaters and they keep trying to push the river system. And I don't think enough anglers are taking advantage of the stillwater opportunities that exist. Um, you, you look at like Spinney Mountain Reservoir right now, it is just on fire with that fly rod. Um, and I think 
so many anglers will find themselves having the best day on a fly they've ever had in history um, and not even knowing that, that those type bites or those type opportunities exist. Um, you know, and a lot of times it's easy. And the other thing is it's nice because it presents multiple opportunities. You can go to Spinny right now, you know, talking about fly, and everybody gets so caught up in matching the hatch. Um, I mean, we do have an awesome uh, coronamage bite, you know, and that's the, the hot ticket. But with that being said, I mean, you can fish scuds, you can fish worms, you can fish streamers, you can fish the Verizon chronomids. So you have so many opportunities. So it's great because, one, you have big fish. Two, you have numbers of fish. And three, you're going to have a lot of opportunities um, at fish uh, uh, without having to be so skillful as far as selecting the right fly, selecting that exact opportunity that you're looking for with, with having, you know, really technical gear uh, or technical flies to have that, that kind of perfect day. So, again, it, it's an opportunity that I think is, is so prevalent for anglers to, to take advantage of and a lot of guys are not doing it um so again your spinnies your anteros even your 11 miles of still water fly fishing and then obviously all the delaney buttes and you know all the, the fisheries in north park are, are just tremendous for those opportunities well you know and i, I i've said this many times because we talk about and we're going to talk quite a bit over the next few weeks of still water fly fishing actually and it what i think a lot of avid river fishermen in the fly in the fly world They've used the river to tell them where the fish are. They understand the seams and the breaks. And then they use the river to present their fly. They get it out there and use it to drift their fly into the trout. And they get a little intimidated in still water. And it doesn't have to be that way because they're not sure where the fish are located. And they're not sure what they have to do. Do they have to make it come alive? What do they have to do? What's your bit of advice for those guys who may be a little intimidated by yeah, absolutely. I mean, generally speaking, with still water opportunities, I always say start shallow, work your way deep. Now, a lot of times you are going to find those fish in the deep water, but I think deep water is so intimidating to so many anglers. So generally speaking, I start shallow and work my way deep. Um, I almost always start off with a streamer just because it might not always be the hottest ticket to catch a lot of fish or be the true pattern, but they always work. From sunup to sundown, you're going to be able to catch fish on a streamer. So if you start off with that streamer, it's going to give you an idea at least to locate fish. So I'll go out there, fish streamers. I mean, super simple. I mean, you can fish your woolly burger. You can fish you know, a variety of those streamers. Um, and once you start catching those fish and getting into those fish with the streamers, then I slow down. Then I start my nymph fishing. Then I start doing kind of a little bit more of the, the fine-tuning of that presentation. Uh, but I always start off with that streamer just to, again, find those fish. Uh, and it's nice because you can take that streamer, you can work it extremely slow and get that bait down a little bit. So let's say you're sitting in six to eight feet of water. You can start off with that streamer, work that bait down, you know, three, four, five feet uh, and see if you catch those fish. You can work the bait, you know, fast and cover the surface. But again, you have one presentation, cover the water column, locate fish. Once you find those fish, at least you know you're in the right vicinity. Um, and that's when I switch over to, you know, my nymph rig, start using the, the worms, start using the, the chronomids and all that kind of stuff. Um, but again, my, my search tool is almost always a streamer. It's, it's a great tool to find fish and at least locate where those fish are at. Well, what about the trout fishermen now who's a lot of people are just getting started or there's their they're, they're spin fishermen, and they haven't fished for a while. How do you approach the, some of these same areas with the spin fishermen? 
Absolutely. You know, I, I think same thing. I think covering water up and down in the water column is one of the biggest tools out there. I think so many times anglers get so fixated on a, a portion of the water column. And in reality, the zone at which you're fishing is probably the, the main priority of what I look for. And Terry, we talk about this all the time, but when you talk about selecting the right bait, so many anglers put emphasis in the color or action, when in reality, I'd say the zone at which you're fishing is hands down the, the most important concept that you can reach as an angler. So more than color, more than the bait, more than how you're working the bait, if that bait's in the zone, you're going to be one step ahead of everything else out there. So I think taking a lure that you can work up and down in the water column. So when I talk about you know trout fishing and beginner, things like that, throwing spoons is, is a dynamite technique. So whether it's a Tasmanian devil or a cast master or a little Cleo, you know, whatever the case may be, take a spoon, same type presentation of talking about fishing streamers. You work the bait fast, it's high in the water column. You work the bait slow, it sinks down lower in the water column. So you can take one presentation, vary your cast, you know, even, you know, portions of your cast, cover that water column. And once you catch a fish, just kind of remember where you're doing. It's going to help you break down that water column, figure out the zone at which they're feeding um, and, and dial things in. And once you start catching some fish, then you can start playing with, you know, adding a twitch or adding some variance to that retrieve. Uh, or you can start changing out colors to find the true color that they're focusing on that day. But the zone is most important. So taking a bait and you working that entire water column uh, is going to be the key to searching out those fish. Uh, I will say that we are now, you know, in that, that warmer weeks that we've had. Obviously, we have some cold weather coming the next two days. But I would say that across the board, um, our trout are entering summer patterns. So, and that's pretty much of, of everything. So our lake trout are pulling off the shorelines. They're heading out to structure. Um, the structure might be shallow, 30, 40 feet. Um, but regardless, those lakers are pulling off the structure that they were on at that immediate ice off. Uh, so they're entering their summer patterns. You know, again, kind of the, the shallow version of the summer patterns. But nonetheless, the summer patterns. Rainbows are entering their summer patterns. So it like, it looks like Spinney, 11 Mile. They're coming out of that deep water where they spent their post-spawn activity time. Uh, they're now showing up in that shallower area. Again, high food source. So I'd say if I'm at Spinney, I'm putting most of my focus in less than six to eight feet of water. Um, that four foot to eight foot is going to be a, a great zone to find a lot of fish, especially the biggest fish in that system. Um, same type of thing in your North Park Lake. So again, Summer patterns have started, so to, to cut the learning curve, now that we're in those summer patterns, shallower uh, on those rainbows in the summer pattern, deeper with the lake trout in their summer patterns. Uh, but at least you know you're going to find conjugated fish or you know, a bunch of fish grouped up, and you'll be able to catch those fish in those situations. Yeah, and there's there's good fishing at so many places now that the mountains have opened up and people can get up there. Now, do be cautious because some counties aren't allowing other people to come up. Two things I want you to give me before I let you go. One is if you were going to go chase a big lake trout like you've been catching, tell me some of the places you'd go. And then uh, after that, I want you to kind of tell me what's going on with Tightline Outdoors. Absolutely. So, you know, as far as the, the big lake trout that we're seeing a lot of right now, you know, Granby is having a, a banner year. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're going to be talking to Bernie Keefe and his crew up there, but but Granby is on fire, having a great season. Uh, Williams Fork's fishing very well, uh, so that's a great fishery for that. Um, as far as other things across the board, you, a lot of guys are seeing this fish floating around the Internet. I honestly have no intel on it. I have no 
I concept of anything of it, but Rudai kicked out uh, an absolute giant fish this week. Um, so again, it, it seems like almost all the lake trout fisheries, no matter where you're at, whether you're hiking into places like Jefferson uh, or wherever, the, the lake trout are on fire. Again, I, I'd put a major focus on structure, uh, but I think you're going to have a great day. We, we've landed two very large fish so far today, uh, and I think it's going to continue as the day goes on. We're in a great moon cycle right now, uh, so that's hot. And as far as tight line outdoors, uh, guys, we're starting to get into full swing again. Obviously, we have permits across the state as far as operations go. Um, county to county, things can change slightly. Uh, so the biggest thing, is if you want to, inter- or you're interested in a trip, or you want to contact us, uh, jump on the website, shoot us an email or a call. We can walk you through the availabilities of what's going on. Uh, but right now, walleye fishing is, is very hot. Our bass are in spawn mode, and that bite's very strong. Uh, lake trout strong, walleye strong, rainbows. Um, it's that time of year where across the board we're, we're on some great bites right now. Uh, we also do have our league coming up on June 3rd. So next league event is June 3rd. Uh, we keep talking about that. So it's the catch rate tournament series. Uh, that's going to offer opportunities to anglers to target bass, walleye, uh, trout, and carp. Uh, so kind of a neat, you know, low-key tournament series. Uh, I'd love to see everybody there on June 3rd for sure. All right, my friend. Um, if they want more information, tightlineoutdoors.com and tightlineoutdoors on Facebook. That's it. All right, we will talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Nate Nate Zielinski, Tightline Outdoors. We'll take a quick time out. we come back, Austin Parr is going to join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We were gonna, we are going to go right to the phones, and joining us from Discount Tackle is Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I, I think the timing is perfect because we've been talking to people about the mountains and how things are changing and, you know, how the fishing has taken off. But we got a nice day today. We'll have a few nice days next week, but we're going to have a couple of questionable days. A lot of people probably want to get out and do some fishing uh, and celebrate the weekend a little bit. And a lot of them don't want to go far. So I thought maybe I'd talk to you to start out our segment anyway, on maybe some of the opportunities right around the metro area where people can just get out and do a little fishing. Absolutely. So, you know, we always talk about walleyes at places like Chapel and Cherry Creek and various other metro impoundments across the Front Range. But we also have so many great opportunities in our local ponds to catch some largemouth bass that are either going to be moving into the spawn right now or being close to being done with some of the spawning activities at the moment. And some of those largemouth bass, along with panfish in our local lakes, really offer some great opportunities to get out, maybe even just for a few hours, and have some really good fishing close to home. Well, and I can tell you that I live in Fort Collins, and there's, a, there's two or three park ponds. There's one I know I can go to. And by using just a simple little bobber rig, I can catch, they're not going to be huge, but as many bluegills as I want, and every now and then a big crappie. I've got another one that, and I can get some bass there. I've got another one that I've caught some very nice bass in, and the one that's kind of a mixed bag. Almost every one of these ponds uh, has something, is stocked like that, and they're, they're great opportunities to spread out, have some fun, and walk around the bank and just enjoy yourself. So how do you yeah, and right now ponds. we're getting into some great opportunities to catch these fish in a variety of different ways as well. You know, you mentioned some of the, the bobber and bait or little small gulp type rigs when you're dealing with your panfish. 
But the bass are going to be really starting to think about top water here really quickly, and that's one of my favorite ways to go over the next little bit, particularly as we get some warmer days coming here. But top water, such as a, a Rebel Popper or a Whopper Plopper, some of the Berkeley Chopos can be really effective, but working those along the banks in the early mornings and late evenings may get a strike this early in the year, but we're close. It's going to be coming up really quickly here. But additionally, in the main bodies of the lake, Texas rigs with things like creature baits, black and blues are typically one of my favorite colors. However, natural can be really effective. And then if you get into some more of your weed growth, doing something a little bit different and rather than fishing on the bottom, uh, pulling yourself up a bit on a drop shot rig with some of those same plastics or and or minnow baits can, can keep you out of the weeds and get some fish onto the bank. And you know what? Don't be afraid to go back to the old venerable plastic worm. I'm, oh, when yeah. I was on fishing bass tournaments, I, I made my, my living fishing plastic worms. And I'll tell you, if you have pla- and that blue fleck, blue black color, if you go from about a four inch to an eight inch plastic worm, different sizes in there and Texas rig them with lighter sinkers. A lot of times I do in these ponds, uh, bass, people don't throw that like they used to because of all the new creature baits and all the things, the drop shots and the Ned rigs and bass respond to those. And you can fish them in just the worst, heaviest cover and uh, you'll catch fish on them. Don't, and it's easy to throw a handful in your pocket and, and go out and fish. What about Austin, the guy, the people who, Let's let's take a couple different groups of people. Let's start first with I'm going out fishing. Now we got free fishing weekend coming up June sixth and seventh. So that weekend you don't even need a license. But maybe I got I haven't used my fishing gear for a while. Um I wanna go out, maybe I wanna take the kids out or maybe I just wanna go out. But I know I need to at least check that gear out and put probably wouldn't you say that probably one of the best things you could do would be to bring that in and have you string it with new line? Absolutely. That's right where I was going to go with that as well. Making sure that your line is good not only is going to, to help you have it not break on some fish, but also it will take all the, the old line with the memory off of there, and it's going to really create a much more pleasurable experience with less tangles, longer casting, better sensitivity many times. Um, so that's going to be a, a good thing to take a peek at. How how much does it cost if I bring in a spinning typical spinning reel and, and just have you spool it up for me? What what is it typically gonna cost me? Starting off with basic monofilament, really only a few dollars, under five dollars many times, depending upon the size of the reel, and you can get into some fluorocarbon or braid for a little bit more expensive than that. But just the the few dollars, five dollars or so gets you into a, just a much better experience that you'll have your gear work so much better for you. Now what if I don't have a fishing rod? Now I, I, here's how I wanna kind of approach this. If I don't know how much I'm going to fish and I may not go after this year, maybe I want to look at a combo, an inexpensive one, to get something I can at least fish with that works. What do I have to spend? But if I want to take that next step, what do I do? Yeah, so to start with, there's some great Berkeley combos uh, and some Shakespeare combos that come in at only about $30 or even a little bit less than that. You can get into a rod. But a, a little bit of a jump up, getting into some of the Abu Garcia-type combos, Get up to that $60 range plus line. Get a much better uh, rod that's getting you away from the fiberglass into a graphite rod that will be more sensitive as well as a reel that's much smoother with a better anti-reverse system. And, and I think if you really want to know you're going to get back into fishing, um, you and I, you helped contribute to an article I posted on my YouTube, uh, not on my YouTube, but on my Facebook page 
Uh, just last week I posted it, I believe. You can still go to my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and scroll down. I actually wrote it for the Denver Post, I think, about a year or two ago. But you helped me and a few other people helped me, and we gave our recommendations on what we, if we could buy one rod to start fishing in Colorado. And I think we came down to between a, a 6.4 and a 7.2 medium action spinning reel with uh, something like maybe a president spinning reel. You still kind of find that to hold true? Absolutely, and that's just a little bit of a step up from some of those Abu Garcia options that we've been talking about. But then uh, Pure Fishing, the parent company of, of Berkeley and Pfluger, has come out with some really nice combos that are from Fenwick, that you get a, a Fenwick rod and a Pfluger President reel on there, get up to about $100. But that combo and that six-and-a-half-foot medium-type rod, it's as good as anything out there. Um, they, they really is well-rounded. If you want to trout fish, walleye fish, bass fish, it will do a lot of different things for you and, and put some good line on it, and you'll have a combo that will last for, for a number of years. Well, I actually filmed most of my television shows. Now, Pure Fishing was one of my major sponsors, and they would have supplied me the two and three and $400 reels, and I have some of those. But mostly what I fished with, I said, let's fish with the ones that people were going to walk into the shop and buy. And we filmed almost all my TV series with the President reels. They're just good yeah. reels. They're I wouldn't be afraid to go out and fish a tournament with them. They're wonderful reels. They'll last you a long time if you take care of them. And for a hundred bucks, you got a you got a an outfit that you can you can do probably sixty or seventy percent of the fishing you can do in Colorado with that one rod and reel, and it'll just last you a long time. Certainly will. The bill wire is nice and fat on that too, so it doesn't bend like some of the other brands. The anterior verse is perfect. They're very smooth, in my opinion. It's one reel that I sell more than anything else. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, we're going to do something coming up this next week. Um, I'm going to bring back trivia, and you're going to supply some prizes. Um, have you decided on the prizes yet, or are we going to wait to announce that next Absolutely. week? Absolutely. So we've got uh, some Leatherman knives that we're going to be giving away uh, for this uh, prize package that sounds like it's going to include some survival trivia coming up here. It is. I'm going to post an article uh, on outdoor survival, not, not hardcore survival, but if you're out on a day trip or you're hunting you're, or you're backpacking, camping, and you get lost or hurt, how do you survive? How do you turn that, instead of just being an inconvenience, not into a tragedy? And there's so much misconception out there, so much bad knowledge. I want to try to correct that. So during the course of the week, on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, I'm going to post an article I wrote on survival that reaches back to not only my search and rescue experience, my outdoor experience, but also I've talked to a number of experts around the country to do this. And then out of that, I'm going to ask some questions next week, and we're going to give away some of those Leatherman knives to the people that answer the question. So it ought to be a lot of fun. We'll look for it, and we'll tell them how they can get those knives from you. Last comment before we let you go, if you were going to go one place this afternoon and didn't have a boat, where would you go? I'd probably be looking some of the, the local ponds right now. I'd be thinking about St. Brain, but getting away from some of the state parks certainly are going to be, I think, a, a pretty worthwhile thing to be doing. So some of your local lakes for an evening, I may be thinking about a little bit of topwater action and or some plastic worms. Uh, some of the, the, the ribbon tail worms and or sankos I think would be high on my list of what I might be throwing. I, I couldn't Get agree with you more. My and catch some fish. All right, my friend. Well, hopefully you'll stay busy, and you are open, by the way. Tell them where you're located. 
We are. We're at Discount Fishing Tackle, 2645 South Santa Fe Drive, which is six blocks south of Evans on Santa Fe. All right. Not only do you get great tackle, but lots of great information there. We'll talk to you again soon. Terry, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You bet. Austin Parr from Discount Tackle. We're going to take time out. We're going to switch things up and talk some shotgunning right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Clays is Corey. Good morning, Corey. Hi, Terry. Is a, what a beautiful day it is out. It is beautiful, yes. It's very nice out. I know we're going to get a couple of days of weather, but then it's going to bounce right back to this. And with as many people off work as there are, they, they more of them should take advantage of during the week, too. Are you finding that out at your place, too? You, is there more better, you know, more more opportunities during the week? Oh, yeah. There's plenty of opportunities during the week. We're open every day. Uh, all the weekdays except Tuesdays, and we have seen it's kind of like there's no boundaries. The weekends are running into the weekdays, et cetera, with so many people either off work or working from home, lots of families, kids are out of school. So, yeah, definitely the weekdays have been a little slower, but with seeing a lot of people this weekend, uh, we're starting out pretty busy today, though, a lot of people getting out enjoying the nice uh, weather today. Well, I'm sure. And you have so much to offer there. You have the trap and skeet. You have sporting clays. You have the rifle and pistol range. And I know you do a lot of events there, too. Are are we starting to see those being booked again, like um, fundraisers and things like that? Well, we've got a few coming up that we're really excited about. Um, Let's see. I'll get right into them. The first one, as you know, near and dear to to our hearts here, and especially um, JR, we're excited about the opportunity to still be able to do our 2020 casts and clays which is coming up Sunday, June 7th. So that's the big – it's amazing what gets you excited these days. You know, like normally we have a a ton of events this time of year and we're all bouncing off the walls getting ready for the cows and clays in a few weeks. So that's the big one we have coming up. And and then are you going to be taking some different fundraising approaches too as you go into this year? Well, the other neat thing we have coming up – so Saturday the 6th and Sunday the 7th will be a a nice – fun weekend for us. We are launching a new shoot or a new event on Saturday, June 6th, where it's called Clays for Colorado. And what it will be is a a round of sporting clays for uh, $75 per shooter. All the proceeds are going to uh, charities, which are being nominated and voted on by the participants. So there's so many neat uh, charities out there right now helping people that are either in need, the food banks, uh, you know, school supplies, lunches for kids, et cetera. So all the proceeds from that shoot will go to, you know, local charities, but the participants get to be the ones to decide where the proceeds go. This is the first time we've ever um, had this shoot, and I'm really, really excited about that one. It sounds like a good time. Let's circle around to the uh, cast and clays again. And I know that's JR's baby. It's good that he's not on today. He'd be just drooling. I know. So, yeah, but it is a great event. Kind of explain how that works to people. Okay, well, so we have some great sponsors for this event. It's in partnership with uh, Colorado Park, Parks and Wildlife. We do the fishing in the morning at Bar Lake uh, State Park. It's a two-person team. Uh, they start uh, fishing that morning at 7 a.m., Then they come to the range, and we will have a a lunch uh, ready for them, and then they shoot 50 sporting clays in the afternoon. 
And thanks to our sponsors, uh, the major sponsor, TransWest Buick GMC, they donate cash for the prizes. We've got some great prizes. Uh, well, cash, cash is always good. And then we've got That's Cabela's, right. Bass Pro Shops, uh, Tightline Outdoors, and Ramos Law all kicking in with uh, prizes, uh, lunch sponsor, et cetera. So, you know, it's a great event, to be honest. You know, we weren't really sure if we were going to be able to host it this year, and that was putting a few people around here into the small depression. But um, we're, we're gung-ho. We have, JR just told me this morning, five spots available still. Um, so it should be a really fun day. That's coming up Sunday, June 7th. All right, and the best way to find out more about all these things would be to go to uh, coloradoclays.com, I would yep. think. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's on there, coloradoclays.com. In our calendar, we've got these events uh, uploaded there, so that that should be a really good one. It's always fun. Yeah, and the last thing I want to ask you about, you know, we've seen, we see this during crises and things. People get more interested in learning firearms. Concealed carry, do you offer concealed carry courses out at Colorado Clays? Yeah, we sure do. And as a matter of fact, we usually do just one a month and fill it up. We've actually added several courses because there is such a high demand of, you know, a lot of people who chose to make a firearm purchase the last couple of months and thankfully taking the steps to make sure that they know, you know, proper gun laws and handling and safety, et cetera. So we do have quite a few classes coming up. Our next class is June 19th. And as far as I know, there's still uh, spots available for that. And like you mentioned, Terry, more information on these courses and events and whatnot at our website, coloradoclays.com. All right. That sounds great. Anything else before I let you go? No, it should be a great weekend to come on out to the range. You know, a lot of people are hesitant to travel too far from home, you know, camp, et cetera. So we are here. You know, we've got a lot of good people out here today, and the weather's nice. So if you need to get out of the house, come on out. All right, I need to get out there myself and see you guys. It's been too long. You enjoy this weekend. Yeah, you enjoy this weekend, Corey. Okay, thanks. You too, Terry. You bet. We're going to take a quick time out, and Chad Lachance will join us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. On 104.3 The Fan, let's go right to the phones. And joining us is, from Fishful Thinker, is Chad Lachance. Good morning, Chad. Hey, good morning, Terry. Happy Memorial Day to you. Hey, same to you. Before we even get started, I know you're going to talk about alternatives to fishing the rivers and things. A fellow named Tom called, and he heard Austin and I talking about fishing the ponds this time of the year. And we didn't specify which ponds. So sometime during this segment, Tom uh let's tell tom about you know how you pick some of these ponds and really one of the reasons we don't specify them is there's so many of them and there's ways to look them up but we'll get to that in a minute so the rivers are blowing out and what uh what would you be doing for fishing well i actually kind of wanted to talk a little bit terry about what your options might be for the blown out rivers uh okay because here's the here's the thing the rivers are blown out, but guess what? Trout still have to eat this month, and the rivers are going to be blown out for probably a whole month, right, or maybe more, depending on where you yeah. are. And they've still got to eat. Not only do they have to eat, but they're burning a bunch of energy to hold in that water, so they've got to eat a bunch. So so really, my theory on it is that the only reason that trout are hard to catch when the rivers are in the condition they're in right now, high and muddy and you know, running hard. The only reason they're hard to catch is it's very difficult for them to locate the things that people commonly throw to catch them with. So 
if you're a, a, a traditional Colorado fly fishing guy, you just flat avoid this time of year on the rivers a lot of the time, or the blown out ones anyway, because it's hard for them to see a size 16 pheasant tail drifting in the current. Having said that, you still have great options to catch the fish, and in my opinion, they're easier to locate sometimes when the water's blown out like this because you know for sure that they're not in the riffles. They're not going to be in the same areas that they would be you know, spread out. They're going to be sitting tight to the banks and tight to the rocks because they're doing everything they can do to stay out of the current where they can. So for me, it comes down to can they locate my fly or my lure, as the case might be. Uh, the We'll start with the flies. Generally speaking, if I'm going to fly fish in a river at this time of year, it's going to be blown out. This is when I'm throwing my gaudiest, biggest, nastiest looking, maybe least traditional flies I can throw. You know, the old school girdle bugs and uh, big giant, you know, any kind of a nymph or a big, like a San Juan worm, but maybe it's five inches long and bright red, you know. Uh, I'm not talking about the normal size stuff. And the big thing is what I'm looking for is some sort of color or profile or movement that they can locate in the stained water. Because it's my opinion that they're actually easier to get to bite if they could locate your, your fly or your lure in the first place. So, you know, there's flies that are really non-traditional, like I said, a girdle bug with the big rubber legs on it. Uh, some of the streamers that have uh, rattles built into them or a crayfish pattern with rattles built into it or maybe something like an old-school pistol peat with a little spinner on the front of the fly because all of those things will put off a little vibration in the water and help the fish locate, you know, the fly in the first place. Now, if I'm a spin fishing guy, now is when I'm throwing the stuff that's got a ton of vibration and a ton of flash and some really non-traditional things like a little blade bait, a real bright colored, like a hot pink or chartreuse blade bait that vibrates really hard uh, when you pick it up out of the water. A little Johnson Thin Fisher in a quarter ounce, great call. Uh, a lipless crankbait like a, a Berkeley War Pig. Uh, in a quarter or a half ounce it's a big giant bait it's a big mouthful but it's got a ton of noise and a ton of vibration and the fish can locate the bait very easily in the current and that's going to get you you know uh, a chance for them to come and investigate it and because they don't really get a good look at anything and because the current's running so hard they just pounce they'll just grab it as it goes by and it can be a really good opportunity to have the whole river to yourself and still catch a bunch of fish and the other thing I'll throw out quickly, it's you got to be careful wading because you can't see the bottom. You don't know where you're stepping. There's a lot of current running. So it's a nice serendipitous, you know, thing that the trout tend to sit right on the bank. So if I'm going to swing streamers, I'm going to try to get on the same side I expect the trout on and, and get those bugs or those streamers right up against the bank that I'm standing on. I'm not going to wade out in the middle of the river. If I'm a spinning rod guy, same thing. I'm for sure staying on the bank, and I'm going to throw to the banks, uh, probably use the range that the spinning rod gives me to fish the opposite bank as much as I can. But it really just comes down to getting them to locate your lure. They'll bite all kinds of stuff this time of year if they can find it. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I love the, the advice about wading. In fact, one of the my bits of advice this time of the year is don't take your waders with you because if you put your waders on and you think you need to take that one step to make the cast or to land that fish, 
you don't know what you're stepping into. And once you take that step, you're liable to take another one if you think you're stable. And it can get out of control so fast right now. So unless you're fishing still water, I would not I would not do any waiting at all. But your advice about being right up against the bank, uh, you know, all year long, but especially when things are blowing out, people tend to look at something and want to make a long, beautiful cast. And more often than not, the fish are very close to you, and they don't spook as easy, Chad, when the water's like this. That's exactly right. They don't spook. I mean, they're just way, way easier to deal with all the way around. It, like I said, but it comes down to can they see what you're presenting? And uh, you know, I this I'm this is a time of year where you need to displace water, or you need to really lean on the bright colors. It's this is not a match the hatch deal. This is give them an opportunity to catch a big bite of whatever it might be. And, uh, and you know, that's the big thing. And so we'll throw big, big giant bugs or, you know, big, big plugs or whatever the case might be, but really big. If I'm throwing an inline spinner right now, you know, like a Johnson minnow spin, it's probably a quarter ounce one, you know, a great big one that displaces a lot of water. Another really good call in this situation is the beetle spin. Uh, a beetle spins a fantastic bait uh, in the, in the current like this because again it's also not going to snag any debris, a lot of flash, a lot of vibration. I'm probably going to have a real bright colored, you know, uh, probably a power grub on there, like a two or a three inch power grub, but you know, big, gaudy, loud, obnoxious flash vibration. That's what I'm looking at. It fits my personality perfect. Yeah, I'm not going there, but hey, let's let's take a couple minutes and change things up for a minute. Tom wanted to know, you know, he said we said go fish the ponds. Well, we try to give, you know, I encourage all the guys to call in and give reports to give the location because you know how we are about that. If you don't know sure. where we're fishing, it, you know, we're not here just to fluff. We want you to get out and do it. But when we Absolutely. talk about ponds, a lot of times we don't specifically state a pond. I mean, if you send me a message on Facebook. A lot of times I'll tell you if I if I know ponds in your area, but I may or may not. But there's just a number of ponds up and down the front range that and they're all pretty much a cookie cutter type approach, aren't they? Well, yeah, and that's exactly right. There's a ton of them for one and for two, they all fish very similarly and they're all pretty close the same timing wise. You know, it's not like the big reservoirs where one reservoir is really on and the other one's not. The ponds tend to all come on about the same time because they're so similar in terms of, of how they'll fish. And uh, and so for me, you know, as far as it goes, I generally will name pond complexes. So, for instance, Prospect Ponds on East Prospect Road here in Fort Collins, um, there's, what, there's six, seven, maybe eight different ponds out there. And, and I would just use my best skills and go look at them and, and kind of get my vibe on which one has the best looking water and all that. To be honest with you, I don't even know the names of a lot of them. Uh, you know, up and down the front range that I've been fishing for years. But I know there's several of them uh, down around Pueblo area, west of Pueblo. There's a whole slew of them on the eastern half of Fort Collins or Loveland. Uh, this, up down at St. Brain State Park, there's some ponds that will fish really good. There's some on, on Ward Road down in Denver that I know that at least used to fish really good. I haven't been there in a long time, but I know they used to. Uh, there's some ponds just west of Windsor. Uh, you know, there's little state wildlife area ponds right there. In fact, the state record crappie came out of one of those two years ago. And it's just and, a little no-name pond that everyone has access to. And uh, the Riverbend Ponds in Loveland, there's four or five ponds there. And I've caught crappies, yep, bass, trout. I've caught a variety of fish there. And if you get down into the metro area, there's a bunch of ponds around the Chatfield area. 
um, both across yep. the road and some of them on the same side as the park, they can fish very well. Now, when we say they're fishing really well, we, we want to make sure people know that we're not saying that it's just a guarantee. It's just that this time of the year, you can usually find something that you can fish for. Like I was out uh, a couple weeks ago and it wasn't quite warm enough in the pond I was at and I was determined to catch a bass. I did very poorly, one small bass, but I had an ultralight with me. I switched over, immediately went after some panfish, immediately caught a bunch of crappies, bluegill and trout. So, you know, so take some options with you when you go. Chad, we got to wrap it up, but anything that, uh, any last minute advice to people? Well, yeah, I will say this real quick. It's going to be busy out this weekend. I'm I'm here at Horse Tooth right now. I've got the smoker going with ribs on it already, and I'm already looking out across the lake here. And I can tell you it's going to be busy. Don't let that get in your head about it messing with the fishing. It messes with the angler more than it messes with the fish, I promise you. I was catching fish right in a herd of paddle boarders with a lady throwing a ball for her dog the other day, and the bass just don't care. So as an angler, you know, keep a positive attitude about the crowds. They bother you way more than they bother the fish. So just get out, get after it, enjoy it. If you've got a kid with you, it's a great time to hang something under a bobber and get him some bites too from in almost anybody of water. All right. My friend, if you want more information, folks, fishfulthinker.com, fishfulthinker on Facebook. We will talk to you again soon, Chad. Thanks so much, Terry. You guys have a great weekend. All right. We're going to get ready to wrap things up here. But before we do, I think our favorite, our favorite sports talk show host is in the studio. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. By the way, uh, Chad's out at Horsetooth. And, Coach, I don't know if you remember, that's the site of our championship at Horsetooth Lanes up in Fort Collins. Yep. We, we keep reliving the past. We were just so good, it's hard to forget. Yes. There's probably memorial plaques to us up there. Oh, I would imagine. I, uh, there's no doubt about that, of course. Well, you know, you walk into <laughs> Horsetooth Lanes. up. Do you think that bowling alley's still there even? I think so. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not sure. I don't pay any attention anymore. Right. <laughs> hey, I got a quick question before we run out of time, a serious question though, about the Broncos. You know, I'm looking at all these people they gathered that went out and got these people. Um, do you think Pat Shermer was in on the choice of some of these draft picks? I'm sure he was. But is he is he more well known for wanting to run his offense or adapting it to the personnel? Absolutely, wanting to adapt the personnel to his offense to run his offense, which is why I think we saw uh, Melvin Gordon. Um, they gave big money to Melvin Gordon, which would be very uncharacteristic of a John Elway. So it is. You're right, Terry. We've talked about this. It's a little weird um, that they got these receivers that don't necessarily fit the Pat Shermer offense. I'm sure he had input into it, and you know, any offensive coordinator is probably like, "Yeah, all the we-, you know, the, you know, the more weapons, the better." But yeah, it's a little curious as to, you know, because those probably those rookies aren't going to get a whole lot of attention, right? Because he loves the tight ends, he loves to throw to the backs, and I don't see, I, I maybe I'm wrong, but I, I I don't see us in a lot of three receiver sets. But anyway, I'm sure you're going to talk about that and so much more. I'll close out the show, and you can uh, tell the people more about what you think. Thanks, Coach. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, this is the end of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors for today, but we will be back next week, as we always are, 9 to 11 every Saturday. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, and go to our YouTube channel. Lots of great fishing information. A lot of it filmed right here 
right here in the Front Range of Colorado on the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We'll say thank you to Kyle for keeping us online during these strange times the way we broadcast now. And thanks to Karen for working and keeping me online. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour and more sports with Dan Jacobs on 104.3 The Fan.